Welcome. Welcome to Conversations in Compassion, a podcast by Dignity Maine, a program of Agape, and made possible by the contributions to Agape. Thank you. This is a different podcast. Instead of interviews, we have conversations. This is my attempt to demonstrate examples of what I call compassionate conversation. Through these conversations, I hope to address the discord in our families, in our communities, and in ourselves. And finally, to focus on the greatest need of our time, the need for compassion. So thank you. Thank you for doing this with me, and I, I, I don't know you at all. No. So Isn't that's that what makes this beautiful, right? <laughs> and here we are in this little, like, six-by-six six room. <laughs> Hanging out with Dino. With Dino. Yes. Our buddy, who so I also I would, don't know. So I'd love to get your perspective of, you know, the city and its way of walking around and the addiction issue and because I know you've been somewhat around that area for for some time. Mm. So what's your view? My view is that we live in a community with a lot of people in a lot of pain. Mm. That's really my view. Mm. And I don't think we do exceptionally well Mm. with that, with the company of discomfort. Mm. And so like people in recovery or people prior to recovery trying to avoid pain, Mm -hmm. I think we're doing the same thing, trying to avoid people who Mm. are trying their best to avoid pain. And I find that uh, discouraging. It's like a commitment that everybody's made in a subtle level. (laughs) Let's avoid the pain. Let's avoid the pain. It's just I'll do anything to push it away, and I don't want to see it, and I don't want to identify it, and I don't want to be part of it, and I'm not that. Mm. I'm certainly not that. Mm. And that separation away from it, like a block or a wall. or Yeah, defining that uh, the line, Mm. that those over there experience that, and I certainly don't experience that. see that in the homeless community which mm. cross over crosses over with that recovery or addiction mm. population mm. so that we render we render the homeless in particular invisible mm. which is almost worse than persecuting mm. so when i've sat with my uh, the people i know on the street who mm. many of them are chronically homeless um, with deep addiction issues, all, all covering deep trauma, right? Mm. It doesn't take long to have a conversation to find out that they're struggling with trauma so deep and so early on that it, it seems almost irre- irrecoverable or irreconcilable. Irre- mm. But, mm. but, but there we are, sitting, having a conversation over a cup of coffee, regardless. Right, and right. when I do that, it takes about a minute before I am rendered as invisible as they are by people walking by. Mm. And it is, 
an extraordinary experience to feel that the you're being rendered not only invisible you're you're immediately less than yeah and to the point that people walk by and pull their dogs away mm. they won't even let us touch the dogs mm. and it doesn't take long it, it you know it doesn't take long to feel mm. utterly worthless i mean a lot of us in the world struggle right with mm. purpose and meaning mm. and relevance in our life and we, we struggle as we go to our homes and sleep in our beds and mm. have our lovely food and our families around we struggle we struggle with our feelings of purposelessness mm. imagine what it would be like where you are rendered not only purposeless but meaningless mm. and to be avoided at all costs i, mm. I mean mm. that's what we've bec we've become you know yeah. it's a it it's so, so invisible, it's so painful that you can see it, you can feel it in moments when you're sitting with somebody just talking to them. As the people walk by, you can start to feel it just kind of coming over your body, and like you don't matter. And, Absolutely. And, and then people take an extra step over to the side away from you or pull their dog. Or, Absolutely. And you can feel like yeah. you do not matter. And you're invisible. Yeah, uh, and and that can be the good part. The the worst part is when you're condemned mm, mm. and uh, criminalized or mm, mm. labeled as being criminal for mm, mm. for being in that situation. Or when even the I don't mean to diss the police, but when the police come along in the morning to clear the streets and mm. say, you know, you got to move along. There are people coming. Mm, mm. Think about those words. Yeah, you have to move along. There are people coming. Mm. And how many homeless people have I had say to me, does that mean I'm not a person? Mm. They have to ask that question. Mm. And you have the conversation, mm. whoa. <laughs> well, and, and that you message, and, and that message, you know, by the person walking by or the police officer or whatever, gets right into the soul. And, 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 it's a greater injury than even the trauma itself. It's the re the rekindling right. of the constant trauma. Right. Over and over, reasserting that over and over, and, and so that you develop that belief that, oh, it's true, yes. it's true, I really am meaningless, I really am awful, I really am uh, untouchable, I really am less than. Mm. Um, and then, I don't know, you get all sorts of things, anger, mm. uh, I don't blame them. Right, but then it becomes a violation of boundaries. I don't care. I get right. mad. I'll, right. I'll steal from the store. I'll right. But at this point, doesn't you know, matter. it doesn't matter. Right. And it doesn't matter if I take another needle nope. and stick it into the vein. Or right. I don't even care what the kind of stuff is that I'm using because at this point, I don't matter. I'm invisible. And, and that is so painful. I will do anything, anything. to avoid that level of pain, even mm. though mm. the logic is not missing that I will feel worse tomorrow. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's discouraging. Uh, it's really discouraging. And you, uh, you've you seen this for years now, mm. watched it and had these conversations and felt it. And, and, I, and I, 
you can feel the hopelessness that sort of lives there. That's almost acceptable. It is, except there's this other piece, which is, uh, which is, I was met in the moment mm. by all of them mm. in a way that very few people meet me mm. with uh, almost surprise and wonder and um, an intimate connection that sometimes I struggle to feel in the housed community mm. or in the more privileged community. Mm. It made me wonder about what privilege was, and mm. I was privileged mm. to be met <laughs> by sometimes 30 to 50 people out on the streets mm. uh, in the mornings. I would go out very early mm. and uh, collected, donated goods and share them for people, mm. fulfilling that equation of you know, we're humans together. If you're cold and I have an extra blanket, I'm going to get you a blanket. Right. If you are thirsty and mm. I've got water, let's get the water to you. I mean, mm. what is the big deal here? You know, mm. if you are thirsty, um, socks, mm. you know, the, the language of the streets. What do people in the streets need? They need dry socks for right. health. Yeah. We can get you some socks. Mm. To be able to meet someone just on that level. Mm. You need socks. I got socks. Without needing to know how that was going to evolve or how it even came to be. Mm. Just in this mm. moment, you need socks. I got socks. Yeah. You know, you need a hot cup of coffee right, right now. We, yeah. we, we got coffee cards. Right? Yeah. You know, and I know you might have to sell this card mm. to get cigarettes mm. because mm. you need it. Right. I'm not, it's I'm in not judging. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Right. I don't care because if it's as brutal out here as I can imagine and I see, mm. get the cigarette. Mm. You know, who am I? Who am I to judge? Mm. What, is the, what is the hierarchy there? Mm. And, and what, mm. what it will take to bring someone to a moment, a moment, mm. not a lifetime, a moment of stasis. Mm. You know? Just a moment of peace. You know, you get the socks on your feet. Mm. Oh, you're too shaky? Sit down. We'll get the socks on your feet. Exactly. We can do this. This we can do. Why, this should not be considered sainthood mm. to hand out socks mm. or coffee carts or a warm mm -hmm. coat. We mm. all have enough. We can, mm -hmm. we can share them. We can share it. Yeah. And um, dropping that story mm. of, I don't necessarily know how you got in this situation, you don't know how I got in my situation, right. but here we are. And in this moment, how will we choose to be? And I and don't make to, that agreement And not to them. judge about, I mean, you're saying like, don't judge the person about how they got here or even that they're here. Just see the need. Respond to the need in the here and now. That's care. It's love. It's love. Oh, we don't like to call it that, but... Yeah, it's real love. So all those mornings, you know, with people hungover, strung out, uh, in shakes, mm. freezing cold, uh, mm. psychotic, who wouldn't be spending mm. a night on the bricks like mm. that? Um, mm. What was the result? You know, you hand out socks, you hand out coats, you hand out warm coffee or hot coffee, whatever. But... It was the connection. 
Mm. It was always that eye to eye. Mm-hmm. I see you, mm. and without words, I can feel. Mm. And I'm not a godly person, but the words would come up like, "God bless you!" Like, mm. "Holy crap! How mm. can you've arrived here and you're offering me this opportunity? Mm. You've revealed." This mm. little mm. connection mm. doesn't have to be anything huge. Mm. That that became more meaningful to me than mm. some of the more extended relationships we might look at in my life. You know, not to compare them, but I was mm. blown away by a group of people really struggling, right? Mm. But they'd walk down the street and it was, I love you. Mm. And I would... I would be screaming down the street, love you, I love you. <laughs> and then that person experiencing homelessness would turn to another person experiencing homelessness and in that moment would say, and I love you, <laughs> right. I love you, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Because they weren't sure they would right. have the chance to say, I love you. Right. Because people die like flies out there. Yeah. They die like flies. Absolutely. Right? I, I really loved that the, the, there doesn't have to be anything but a connection, the connection of an eye, yeah. a sense of an energy that just goes between the thankfulness yeah. and also that I love you. That goes between, not mm-hmm. like thank you for you being privileged, but... <laughs> Right. I love you right. because you let me be present with you. Yes. And I think you just struck the, the bell. Yeah. It is this oh, profoundly simple mm. as that mm. and as profoundly radical yes. as yes. that. Yes. And... Uh, a gentleman recently, uh, who I knew from the streets, uh, who I would see, and he was very quiet. You know, mm. he, n- he never said a lot, he, mm-hmm. but I knew exactly who he was, and he had requests. He needed clothes. He needed this, that, which, fine. We can, that's easy. We right. can get that. Well, he disappeared, and I never know what happens when someone disappears, but now in hindsight, I know he got into recovery. Mm. He went through Milestone and uh, did really well. And he got a job, and he saved money, and he came back to the streets Mm. where we meet early in the morning Mm. with $100 that he had (laughs) saved Mm. to give back. Mm. He's never said two words to me, but I was not there because I had some issues in my own life that I had to... Mm -hmm. uh, stop my participation on the streets at that time. There was someone else out there doing the work. That's how I found out about it. He gave the money and then unfortunately overdosed Mm -hmm. and died and uh, wasn't found for several weeks. Mm -hmm. To make this long story a little bit longer, his brother found his journals. Mm -hmm. His brother didn't know me, but Mm -hmm. he found out how to get in touch with me. And he read the journals to me. 
And the journals went on and on about this group that met in the morning. Mm. And, and this woman, me. But that was less than this mm. group that mm. meets. And, and there's coffee, and, and there's food, and there's, there's clothing, and there's boots and coats and whatever we need, you know, they seem to get. But he said, it's the only time I saw people smile. Mm. Like, people who I thought I would never see smile, they smiled. And this meant something to me, so I'd come, and I'd, I'd be there for that. And she would put her hand on my arm, which I do all the time, not in a big aggressive way, just a... Mm-hmm wordlessly mm. and then you realize this meant more to him mm-hmm. than i could possibly imagine mm. right so we terribly underestimate ourselves don't we we, we just like well woe is me what can i do in the world oh you know it's too big a problem i can't do anything when indeed what this man what was meaningful to him yeah the clothing that's fine whatever mm. it was she put her hand on my arm. You know, and I saw the smiles. And I saw the smiles. For and the, f- for the first time smiling. in my day. Yeah. Right. To each other. Yeah. So that's enough. I mean, that was something. It took me a long time to recognize that that was enough because I'm scratching around trying to do more, 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 more. Right, and to try to relieve the suffering, to relieve the next suffering and the yeah. next suffering. Nope. And like, how can I help you? How can I help you? Can't do it. Cannot do it. And I forgot. Right. I, I forgot. It's none of that. It's none of that. It's none of that. And and so it, the premise of going out had, had always been formally, I will meet someone where they are. Right. Right. Mm. That's all I, I. I need the courage, mm. <laughs> and the balls mm. to meet somebody where they are with. Mm not affecting this attitude of I can fix it, I can change it, I have to solve it as if it's a problem. Because then I'm framing the person I'm meeting as a problem. And I sure as you know what, don't want to be seen that way. Mm. Because someone could do that to me anytime. I could, they could perceive me as Mm -hmm. I'm meeting with them because they're a problem. Right. Well, we can sniff that out pretty, pretty Pretty quickly, (laughs) pretty quickly, that you're broken and I'm here. And that's power over. Right. That, that 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 is oppression by itself. Yes, that is not that, a compassionate conversation. <laughs> no, no, that is, that is coming from. I will feel better if I can fix you because you are broken. Right, and that is a brokenness in a society that's constant. Constant. That just makes people feel more and more broken. Yes. To the place where you talked about invisibility, right. and you don't matter. Because you have not taken my help. <laughs> right. And now I'm going to leave you be. I'm and I'm going to let you be it. invisible yeah. and let you die. Yeah. And we do this. Over and over and over. And we don't see that just the smile between two people that says, I love you. Mm-hmm. No matter where I am and how I am, who I am. Mm-hmm as being the thing that touches the heart. Mm -hmm. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. We miss it. We're terrified of it, I think. Yeah. That's where you started this conversation. We're terrified of it. Yeah. Because that's intimacy. It's so So much easier to draw that line, right? And they're over there. Yeah. And I'm over here. And they need boots. (laughs) 
and I'll give them boots. Yeah. But the way I'll give them boots is that I'll hand it and look in the other direction because mm-hmm. I don't want to make their eye. Or even worse, I'll make a contract with them. I'll give you these boots if. Mm-hmm. Or you better take care of these boots. Mm-hmm. Or don't you dare sell these boots. Mm-hmm. All the conditions that mm-hmm. we this contract we make, mm-hmm. that's not love. That's not compassion. Mm-hmm. That's not empathy. Um, so yeah, I think we're we're not so good at that. And yet, given an opportunity with with just enough safe space, just enough, mm-hmm. um, it's effortless. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's just losing that savior complex and that <laughs> that nonsense. Yeah, that that sort of pesky ego, I call it. <laughs> You know, that says, uh, I'm, I'm here, I'll feel better if I help you, you know, and I use you to feel better. It is awful. It's an awful conundrum. You know, and then we have groups of people sitting around talking about how we're going to help groups of people. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what brought you to this? I mean, you know, not every woman, not every person sits on that park bench or shows up at that circle. It's rare. What brought you here? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know why it's rare. Uh, It disturbs me that it's rare. Mm. Disturbs the hell out of me that it's considered rare. you know, ultimately, I'm an artist. I, I have eyes. I see. Mm-hmm. You know, those are words that you take. I took for granted for decades of my life, and now they mean something different to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to an age, right, where you don't have as many years coming as have already gone by. And so how am I going to be in this world? Mm-hmm. And so I, I photograph a lot. And I was on the waterfront all the time at first light. This mm. was just a time of day that makes sense to me. Mm. Who's on the waterfront at first light? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, part of who's out there is mm-hmm. the homeless community, the addicts, mm. and those in recovery. Mm. And... I couldn't live with myself if I stepped over one more body or kind of circumnavigated my way around one more homeless person. Mm. And I had the good fortune of meeting some really fine people who were experiencing homelessness and addiction. They were beautiful people that were exceptionally kind to me. Mm. They were exceptionally kind to me. Mm. I don't take that for granted, you know. Mm. Um, So one in particular, his name is Mike. He allowed me to see who he was as a person, Mm. not as a homeless person. Right, right. As a person, right? And Mm. so he trusted me, and that meant a lot. And uh, we share (laughs) conversations. We Mm. have coffee together. Mm. And that made me care more. It was no longer, oh, it's a homeless guy. This was Mike Mm. with a rich, difficult profoundly complicated history of trauma that I would never have survived. Mm. I'm really clear. I would not have survived mm. his experiences. You saw the resiliency of him. Mm-hmm. 
and the power he, of them. Right. And and he, I was lucky, right? I met someone who really he loved the coffee. He, you know, <laughs> he loved a couple bucks in his pocket. He loved if I had a cigarette for him or mm-hmm. a coat or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But he was always really clear it was the conversation mm-hmm. to be seen. Mm-hmm. And um, so he taught me, right? The value of being seen is that my heart will bust open. Mm. <laughs> and can you meet me there? And it was almost like overwhelming because mm. his heart was mm. raging mm. for love and affection. And mm. I mean this with complete boundaries. There's nothing, no, 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 no uncomfortable no. or discomfort around that whole thing. Mm. Uh, but you could feel his hunger. Absolutely. It was amazing. So you're, you're heading for the first light. <laughs> yep. And you're realizing you have to step over. Literally. People. Literally. And you couldn't do it. Nope. You had to stop and say, rather than step over or go around you or yeah. to get to that first light. Yeah. I'm curious about you. It was, it was more pragmatic than that um, because I'm very much practical about this. Need a cup of coffee. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, yeah. not will you tell me my story, because that would probably shut them down and like, mm. crazy woman. Um, hey, you look cold. Want a cup of coffee? Right. Yes or no right. would be there. You know, they can say no. Of course. You know, because I wanted that dignity. Right. You know, I don't want to assume. That mm-hmm. Maybe I don't care about coffee. Maybe they really do just want the dollar, and I don't care what they're going to spend it on. Right. Um, it was, what do you need? Mm. And part of what Mike said is, I need you to tell my story, Mm. which blew me over. Mm. Like, wow, didn't see that one coming. (laughs) Right, right. You want me to tell your story? He said, yeah, if you could share, like, on the computer, he would say. He meant social media, but he Mm -hmm. said, on that computer. Mm -hmm. If you can tell people what we're experiencing out here, Mm. I think that would be really helpful. Mm. And so he would... He would just share his experiences, and I'd share them on social media, and with his permission, mm-hmm. with his photograph, and mm-hmm. everybody fell in love with the guy. You know, mm-hmm. he was, in, he had ironies and contradictions like all of us. Mm-hmm. His may have been more profound, more difficult, but mm-hmm. we fell in love with him. So people started sending me things for him. Mm. People started sending cards t- to him. Mm. People started sending art supplies to him <laughs> because he loved drawing and painting. Mm. Mm. And he was held, you know, in, in, in a broader community as a result of that, which I didn't see coming and I didn't really expect that level of practical support. <laughs> um, and he, mm. that, that was worth it, just, just to see somebody mm. seen and to share the difficulties out on the street so that maybe at least one other person wouldn't trip over the body or mm-hmm. ignore mm-hmm. them completely. And so that started to happen uh, in the opposite, meaning a lot of people started uh, being more generous, spirited, mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. friendly, <laughs> kinder, right. more compassionate, mm-hmm. having a little bit more empathy. Mm-hmm. And that was appreciated. Mm-hmm. It was appreciated. Mm. Uh, but again, you don't, I don't want to give the message that uh, the appreciation 
was part of a contract of giving. Right. I'm really offended by that thought that, yeah. you know, um, <clears throat> you can only give if the person returns something a, the, the, with gratitude. Or mm-hmm. right. I gave out as many socks to people who didn't make eye contact and mm-hmm. they were in the depths of whatever. Yeah. You still give them the damn socks. Right. You know. It's not about the outcome. It is not. And I think that's so urgent. You know, mm. I was taught by someone, uh, an elder, who said, this is what you do. You practice kindness like this. <laughs> you give. You give something. It's practical. You give. And you do not ask for anything in return, including gratitude or appreciation. Right. And three, you don't tell anybody about it. Mm. And I've broken that rule here. But <laughs> he said to calm down that ego. Mm. You don't do this to feed your ego. You do this because he's cold mm. or he's hungry or she's thirsty or she needs shelter or whatever. You do this because we are no different. And it's an illusion that we create that line that mm. makes us so different. This is our community. This is, mm. this is being human. Mm. Step up to the plate. Mm. How will you be in this moment? Mm. Will you be stingy and protective of yourself and um, arrogant and uh, uh, choose to see someone separate? Or will you finally drop all that crap and realize that this could be your brother, your husband, your son, your grandson, your neighbor's son, your neighbor's grand... It's someone. Mm. It is someone Mm. that if you search hard enough, you're going to find that connection. We should all know that through social media now. And it's no different. So how do we choose to see ourselves in the world? Isolated little sacks of ego? Mm. Or is there a crossover? There certainly is. You can feel it in a room. You can feel it when people are connected. Right. And that, that there's a nourishment to that. And when we starve people of it, mm. they go down bad. Mm. You know, creates a lot of complexity. I love that, that when we starve people of that. Mm. We do. That, mm. You know, that is love. Mm. When we starve people of love. Yes. You know, yeah. and that we, we don't give it away. We exchange it. And that what, what uh, you got from Mike was so beautiful in terms of all I want from you is to exchange love yeah. and then ask other people mm-hmm. to exchange love to each other. Mm-hmm. And you could feel it grow mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. So you ended up in circles and with, <laughs> yeah. with more boots and people giving you things and being practical and saying, here, here. Yeah. And uh, because something was, because there was a, a, a bit of a demand, it was don't, don't see me as a victim in this life. See me as a human who yearns for and wants from you love. I think there's something about the recovery community that they taught me or by who they were mm. was that I didn't I couldn't see them as addicts although mm. they mm. were self-proclaimed you know addicts they were heroes 
mm. on a journey home. Mm. And it was an ugly trip. <laughs> you know, there were going to be wicked dragons that they were going to have to slay and mm. awful, mm. you know, cliffs that their ship was going to crash into and they were going to lose a lot. But they mm. were all coming home to themselves in recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, they were all coming home to themselves. Mm. And I thought, wow, this is what the world is missing. This mm-hmm. recovery community has a magic that if it could be Mm. seen that way is extraordinarily powerful. Yes, you've been through the dregs. Mm. And I don't care that people will say, well, you're responsible for that as the individual. It's always more complicated than that. There's Mm -hmm. always some Mm -hmm. pain, some trauma that Mm -hmm. isn't being seen in that equation, right? Right. So here you are in the courage of recovery coming back home and we can barely see the w- the light in the window mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's a mm-hmm. flicker mm-hmm. and still still we're coming home and yeah. and to be in the company of that community mm-hmm. was in totally invigorating to me mm-hmm. because it it didn't always go well people had relapses you know mm-hmm. they really people died people die a lot uh, of people uh, yeah a lot a lot of people who I thought for sure they're going to be okay. They're going to, and yeah. So I'm not making little of that or saying it's a Pollyanna thing where, you know, they see the light and then they go. But that energy of someone recovering their vitality, recovering mm. that central something so deep down that it couldn't mm. be crushed by mm. 12 years of heroin use. Right. They couldn't crush it with that. They, some of these guys... You know them well. Mm. Have been narcan 15 times, 20 yep. times, 30 times, right? They've lost all their childhood friends from f- to addiction. They've yep. got their bones. They're down to bare bones. Bare right? bones, dust, smoke. Mm. Mm. But they can't kill that damn thing mm-hmm. that makes them mm-hmm. that unique human being. I'm like, holy Christ, does anyone else see that? <laughs> like, does anyone else get how powerful it is? They one guy, he had been Narcan so many times, he told his friends, don't let them Narcan me. Mm. Okay? <laughs> his, the guy was 18. Mm. And <laughs> so a death wish. Like, mm. I don't care if I die. You know, mm-hmm. this is part of my life, and I don't care if I die. It couldn't kill him. Right. Something in life was more powerful than that. Mm. And, and that doesn't go by me. It's like, holy good Goodness, that's <laughs> right. an amazing thing. Yeah, there's something there. Ah! There's something that is beyond the trauma, that's beyond all the oppression, right. beyond the addiction itself. It's a, a, a spark or a piece of fire. Uh, and you, you called it coming home. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's sitting there. Yeah. And it's undamaged. That's the beauty right there. It is untouched by all this zaniness, yeah. you know, all this trauma. All, zaniness isn't the correct word, but it is immutable. You can't, you can't take it down. So if you can go on your hero's journey and, mm-hmm. and slay the dragons and get your ship off the rocks, and, um, that discovery can be profound. And it can be overwhelming to people. But as the witness, as the observer, I'm thinking that's a path 
that many people in less pain mm. never have to discover. Mm. You know. You know, you said a word that um, you know, I'm stepping a little outside of my role here, but you know, I've always had a difficult time with the word recovery. Right. <laughs> because you used the word three times. Discovery. Mm. And that word means so much to me. Because mm. recovery says there's something you've broken that's back right. there that you got to go get. Discovery is that, that, yeah. that what you just said, New. that you are not broken at one point in your being. Mm. Yep. And that you're stronger than any human being mm. could ever imagine, mm -hmm. including yourself. <laughs> and imagine when you actually encounter people on the street and, and have that innate experience that I know you're going through, you know what, and I know you're strung out. I know you can't wait to get that needle in your arm. And I know you have no place to live and you're sleeping on the bricks and life is chaotic. It's still, I'm standing there like with a, you know what, eating grin on my face because that right. immutable piece is right there. Right. And I to be, to, not in a sappy way, but to honor that. Mm. Don't need words. Don't need to describe to somebody, you know, mm. oh, there's this, mm. you know, indestructible <laughs> right. piece of wholeness in you. It sounds <laughs> crazy. It sounds crazy, <laughs> even though I know it to be true. Right. <laughs> but, but how great to see people mm. in that. Because I have trouble Discovery. with the word recovery because I don't know what the heck they're recovering. Right, right. And most of the, particularly the young people in re recovery, they, they have nothing... They have no memory to, no sense of self so, to recover. Right. And so that's, what are we recovering? Yeah. Ha, has always been the question to me. And the answer is often sobriety. And it's like, oh my God, that's not a good enough answer. <laughs> that's right. It's like, come that's on. Right. What, what are we really, what's the real opportunity here? What are we mm. really recovering? And what are we discovering? And is it back to that moment where you can feel the spark between mm. two human beings? Mm. It's called love. <laughs> you know, is that the discovery? Mm. And discovering how powerful mm. that moment is. Mm. As we it, it kind of finish this up, and mm. first I wanted to say this has been a, a blessing conversation. It's fun. It's fun you, to Shay. have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's, a, it's a quite beautiful. I, mm. I mean, I guess I would ask, uh, you know, what would you want to say? You've said a lot to the community, but if you would kind of hold a small bouquet and as we were saying goodbye, what would you want to tell people since we have this gift that was given to us to talk to people out loud? Well, first of all, I'm so dumbstruck by that image of a bouquet. That's really lovely image, uh, what would be in my bouquet? Would be to kind of relax a little bit. We could all friggin' relax a little bit. <laughs> and uh, maybe lose some of our ambition about worrying about affecting change. Mm. And instead, uh, 
like a little bit better about staying just in the moment mm. for a nanosecond. Mm. This is not something that you have to sustain. Mm-hmm. You know, it, w- it will happen. I do believe that it will happen if you practice, but just that nanosecond mm. of insight when you see someone that uh, you're, you know you're quick to judge mm-hmm. and you know maybe you're afraid of and mm-hmm. you know uh, maybe we, we do a little bit more work on shadow work of, mm-hmm. of our concern mm-hmm. uh, and uh, judgment being about what we're most scared of in mm-hmm. ourselves. I think, I think that would help a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that awareness of our own judgment within ourselves. I think so. Um, yeah. Just, just to notice that would be a great step. Just to notice it. I, there's no perfect way here, but the, mm. noticing that moment when you, you have drawn the line mm. and you have drawn the magic circle of protection around you or I have drawn the magic <laughs> circle of protection around me mm-hmm. so that I don't have to worry mm. about identifying with all the things in that person over there or that community over there that unnerves me. Mm. And how can I be in that complete irony? Mm. How, how can I, how am I going to be? Like John Holt mm. is a father of homeschooling and he yeah. has this beautiful Uh, There's a beautiful quotation. Um, The true test of intelligence is not how much we know how to do. Mm. The true test of intelligence is how we behave when we don't know what to do. Mm. And if that isn't a description of our world to me right now, I don't know what to do. How will I behave? Behave. Mm. How will I behave? That's so beautiful. How will I behave? In this chaos, in this unknown. When it all goes to hell in a handbag, which <laughs> is at different mm. times, all mm. the time, how will I behave? Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to today's conversation. And I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcast. I'd like to give a heartfelt thanks to all the contributors to Agape Inc. for their support in making this podcast possible. If you care to join us, please go to DignityMain.com to get involved. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. And take good care.